Welcome to the Not Old Better Show, the show covering all things health, wellness, culture, and more. The show for all of us who aren't old, we're better. Each week, we'll interview superstars, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all related to this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Now, here's your host, the award-winning Paul Vogelzang. Hello, and welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, the go-to place for insights on living well at any age. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and today's show is brought to you by Goldco and Talkspace. Today we have a guest who has been a transformative force in how we understand aging, longevity, and the human potential. Dr. Ken Dykewald is with us. Dr. Ken Dykewald is a psychologist, a gerontologist, and a visionary who has been shaping conversations about aging for nearly five decades. He's the author of 19 books, a consultant to Fortune 500 companies, and has shared platforms with global leaders like Nelson Mandela and Bill Clinton. Today, we have the privilege of not only speaking with Dr. Dykewald, but also hearing from him in the form of a reading that he's going to do from his newest book, Radical Curiosity, My Life on the Age Wave. He's selected the reading. We are going to have a great conversation. The book isn't just a memoir. It's a call to action for rethinking aging in a society where longevity is becoming the norm. We'll be diving into key questions about his book, his groundbreaking work, and what it means for all of us as we age. We'll explore how curiosity has fueled his career, the legacy he hopes to leave, and his vision for the future as more Americans live well past 50. We'll also discuss the unique roles for those of us 60 and older and what we can do in our society today, how technology can be a game changer for quality of life in older age. So whether you're just starting your career or contemplating retirement, this episode promises you many, many insights that can change how you think about aging and life's possibilities. So sit back, relax, get ready for a transformative conversation and an exclusive reading from Radical Curiosity. You won't want to miss this as Ken Dykewald tells the touching story about he and his father following an intense family argument. Now I'm going to read a little section from Radical Curiosity and um, it has a little bit to do with being a son and also being a parent. And uh, I had a kind of a rough and tumble. We respected each other, but my dad and I were, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. My dad and I were always arguing about things. We had different views, different politics, different perspectives on people of different ethnicities. We, we just We just had a lot of drama um growing up so here's a section when my dad passed away in the fall of 2013 not only was i dealing with waves of grief over his passing but i also had to come to terms with the presence of his absence sort of like how i imagine an amputee might miss a limb even though we continually butted heads about politics prejudice and the media there was not one instance in my entire life when he wasn't there for me when I truly needed him. I vividly remember a weekend in 1971, so that's way back, when I was I rode my motorcycle from Allentown, Pennsylvania to visit my folks 
who were living in New Jersey. At that point, I had already tuned in, turned on, and dropped out. I had grown my hair and beard, started wearing an earring, and cultivated many viewpoints about life that were far more alternative to the ones my dad strongly held. He must have thought I had lost my mind while I believed I was finding it. Late that Saturday night, my mom had gone to bed, and my dad and I were arguing about something or other. He started barking at me with criticisms and many comments about my life and my friends. I squared off with him, nose to nose. I felt, you don't know who I am. You don't get me. I don't even remember exactly what we were fighting over, but I do remember it's the closest I'd ever come to punching him in the face. Hmm. To keep things from getting completely out of control, I turned on my heels, went to the bedroom, and slammed the door. Feeling I had to get out of there and not wanting to confront him again in the living room, I jumped out the bedroom window. I was pretty dramatic, I guess. Okay, it wasn't that high, maybe six feet off the ground. It was a dark and rainy winter night, and all I had on were my jeans, a t-shirt, and a trench coat. With sheets of rain pouring down, it was going to take me about two hours, maybe more, to ride my motorcycle back to my apartment in Pennsylvania. As I careened down the highway, I was crying and furious. The road was wet and slippery, and riding the motorcycle was a harrowing experience. Finally, at around two in the morning, I pulled off Highway 78 at the 15th Street exit in Allentown. I took the back road to my apartment. Exhausted, I parked my motorcycle in front. Although it was pitch black, I noticed that there was a car way down at the corner. It was moving slowly and the lights weren't on. As I walked across the street to get to my apartment, I looked more closely at the car as it was turning around. It was my dad. He had followed me all the way to Pennsylvania to make sure I was safe. And now he was silently turning around to drive all the way home. What a wonderful story. Thank you. Know, you. I'll tell you, That's, my kids are now firing. My kids are now 33 and 36, and I've attempted to be a loving, caring, involved dad. And But I don't know that I could ever hit the mark that my dad hit that night. It's really wonderful. I, I, I'm sure you are. I, I have known you for a little while, and um, my my hat's off to you. That That's a very sweet, sensitive reading, and it just makes all of us, I know, think about our parents. Parenting is so such an important role. You know, I think Hillary Clinton said it said it very well. It takes a village. You know, we're all kind of in this together. But you're reading that about your dad makes me think about my dad too. And and I know all of our audience will be thinking the same. Well, Ken Dykewald, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for all you do. And just the I'll just say right out of the gate, congrats on this book. Thank you for joining us, reading a passage from it. You're just a celebrated speaker, a psychologist, a gerontologist. All the work that you've done on aging over the last 40 years plus has really culminated in this book, as well as your work on aging. And we're just honored. I, I will just say this again. I am just honored to have you. We're going to talk about 
age wave and the new age of aging. So welcome, Good. sir. Congratulations on the book. Thanks, Paul. Great to be with you. So nice to talk to you. Of course, the title of the book is Radical Curiosity. And I think so many in our audience are um, are still, that we, we are remaining curious. And it's been such a part of your uh, personal life as well as your professional life. And I, and I wondered if you just tell us, how has this idea of curiosity shaped shaped you, shaped your career, especially in the areas of aging and longevity? Well, you know, first, the idea of the book struck me. We were doing research at our company, AgeWave, on inheritance. And in the focus group, people didn't want to talk about giving or getting an inheritance. thought it was too, you know, dividing up the spoils. So I whispered to the focus group moderator, ask about leaving a legacy or receiving a legacy. And the floodgates opened. And everybody wanted to talk about legacy. And then when we asked in our massive survey of thousands of people, what were the most important ingredients of leaving a legacy? It wasn't so much about money or property or who gets you know the lamp or the piano. It was about the values and life lessons. And then I did a little more homework, and I realized that many religious traditions believe that everyone had two wills that they ought to consider putting together after they reach 50 or 60 years old. One was a material will, you know, what's the stuff you have and who's going to get it. But more important was sometimes called an ethical will, strange phrase, or spiritual will. And the idea of that is, what have you learned in your life? What have you been through? You know, not just did you go to Woodstock, but, you know, do you, how did you meet mom? What is love? You know, how did you deal with failure? Do you believe in God? And all those things struck me that, you know, my kids were getting older and I was getting older. And I thought I was going to try to see if I could gather my life lessons. Initially, just for my own kids and maybe one day if they have kids. But as people heard, you know, Mr. Agewave was gathering his own life lessons about growing up and growing older, people said, you ought to publish it. So um, I'm happy to say as of this morning, it's Amazon's number one new release in the psychologist biography category. Wow. And um, by the way, all the money that uh, that is being earned from the book is being donated to Esalen Institute. So this is not about looking to make money. It's more about trying to share some experiences. And it's a little bit like, Paul, if you and I were going on a camping trip uh, to a territory that was a little rugged and we'd never been there before, but there were some people returning who had just been camping, wouldn't be a bad idea to ask them, hey, are there any rattlesnakes up ahead? <laughs> Is there any places to see a beautiful sunset or sunrise? Where's the fresh water? So you're a good place to sleep at night where you'll be safe. That doesn't mean you have to do anything from their experience. But one of the advantages that older men and women have is they've lived a lot of life. They've you know been through births and deaths and successes and failures. And partly what I tried to bring forward in this book is an honest recounting of much of what I'd experienced in, in my life with the idea being that that might be of some use and some value to people in our era 
but also younger people who are kind of looking ahead and trying to figure out, you know, how do how does all this work? Thank you for the book. Congratulations. The book again is titled Radical Curiosity. And it, you know, it's it's just getting great reviews in addition to its its rating on Amazon. I, I know it's just flying off the shelves, but you know, I've enjoyed it, but I'm not the only one. And and I'll just read you. And I, I know you're familiar with this, but our, our audience needs to hear this too. Uh, a wonderful review by President Jimmy Carter, no less. President Jimmy Carter said, and I'm a big fan of President Jimmy Carter, I've learned from Ken Dykewald for years and am convinced that he is today's most innovative and original thinker on the important subjects of aging and longevity. So congrats on on all of this, Dr. Dykewald. So what would you say is your legacy with your children and professionally, maybe maybe pick one and 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 maybe chime in and say, here's what I think my children would think of my legacy. A few things. First, um, I've tried to be a committed and loving and respectful husband. Uh, I've got a great wife. Uh, we've actually been married 39 years, and you know this because you read the book, but we've been remarried. 40 times. We get remarried every year, our anniversary. And people say, why do you do that? And we concluded that very first night we got married that marriages and relationships can get lost in the tangle of life. And, you know, just like you celebrate Halloween or Christmas or New Year's or Mother's Day or your birthday, why not take a few minutes each year to say I do again and kind of celebrate as a ritual your love and your relationship. And I think it's helpful. I've also really tried to be a caring and responsible son, brother, and dad to my kids. Um, That's a piece of my legacy. I've also tried to make an impact. You know, I became interested in the aging subject when I was 24 uh, and started working with older adults then that was 1974 that's 49 years ago and i was thinking about one of the things that i learned from that that falls into the legacy zone we created a year-long curriculum it was called the sage project it no longer exists but it became the kind of the forerunner of andy weil and dean ornish and lots of other programs that we wound up setting up around the world and a couple of three weeks into it, and we would meet as a group with, there were three or four of us who were the teachers, leaders. And we had a group of about 20 older adults, and we met every single week uh, for three or four hours, and they all had homework assignments, and they did meditation and Tai Chi, and so sort of the beginnings of holistic health. And as an exercise, I said to everybody, here, take a piece of graph paper. And when you come back next week, graph your life. I mean, nobody gave me that idea. I just sort of made it up. But then they came back uh, the next week and they had graphed their life. And uh, there were lines that went up and then down for 20 years and then up for a little bit and down. And I thought, wow, explain that. And they said, you know, the downs, I was in a bad marriage for 20 years and I stayed in it. I regret having done that. Or I picked the wrong career when I came out of college. Somebody or my parents thought I'd be good at it, but I never liked it. Now I'm doing this. I'm a musician. 
And I love that. And <laughs> as we went around the room, I thought, wow, what a lesson I'm learning here. That I don't want to be 80 or 90 as they were and look at half of my life with regret. So I've attempted to live my life with kind of a ferocity, you know, and uh, and I've stayed in this aging field because I just think it's the most interesting, evolving, transforming piece of humanity. And um, I've tried to do good. You know, I'm not just trying to be a guy that, you know, I've written 19 books, but I'm not just trying to guy that pumps out books or makes some money. I'm trying to be a guy that's changing the course of history and history will decide whether i was successful or not but i was friends one of my mentors and that's another part of my legacy i've sought out mentors a lot of people think oh i know all there is to know it's going to go about my business you know i sought out betty friedan i wanted betty to teach me about feminism I sought out Dr. Robert Butler. He was my main mentor. I wanted him to teach me about the aging field. I sought out Lee Iacocca. He was a client of mine, but I said to him, all right, I'm going to teach you about the aging of the population. You teach me about business. And um, But Joseph Campbell was a friend and a teacher in the 1970s, and he's the one that's written all, the gentleman who'd written all the books about mythology and the hero's journey and George Lucas got the idea for Star Wars from Joe Campbell. And Joe said that if you can change the narrative, if you can get people thinking differently, then their lives will unfold in new directions. And so I've attempted to be a guy that, you know, I've made up words and I made up body mind, the name of my first book. I created the holistic health phrase, uh, elder care. Uh, healthy aging. You know, there's a lot of words, but I've also given talks now to two and a half million people. And the media impressions my company has gotten on its studies uh, just past 20 billion. And so there's wonderful people working in the aging field who may be working a senior center or maybe work in a hospital. And, you know, great respect. But I've tried to be a guy that's looking at the extraordinary changes taking place in our world, in our lives, as a result of increasing longevity and declining fertility and the aging of the boomer generation and, and get people thinking. Because if we think better and more progressively about these issues, we will unfold a better future. Hey, everybody. Paul here. Greetings to our ever-evolving Not Old Better Show community. I have a question for you. Have you crossed the benchmark of saving $50,000 for retirement? If so, give yourselves a pat on the back. We're navigating unpredictable times, which makes it paramount to diversify and secure your retirement savings. I've taken action by investing in precious metals like gold and silver. My experience, absolutely seamless, thanks to Gold Co. Their top-tier service and the simplicity of the entire process left me truly impressed. As you know, today's podcast is sponsored by Gold Co. Their credibility, my gosh, undeniable, successfully aiding thousands with an astounding 2.5 billion placed in gold and silver. Gold Co. 
stands tall with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Their reputation further shines with over 5,000 five-star reviews. Their excellence is evident. As a seven-time Inc. 5000 winner, here's the golden opportunity for our dedicated Not Old Better Show listeners. While supplies last, Goldco is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. You curious? Yep, you bet. Dive in. Diversify your savings. Visit goldco.com slash Paul, P-A-U-L, you know me, Paul. Remember, that's goldco.com slash Paul. Secure a bright and diverse future with gold and silver. Let Goldco be your trusted companion in this journey. Hi, it's Paul. We'll be right back with our guest, Ken Dykewald, in just a moment. But I want to talk for just a second about one of our sponsors, Talkspace. You know, it's perfectly okay to admit that sometimes we we get down, we feel stuck, or maybe even a bit lost. I have been there myself. I knew I could benefit from talking to a therapist, but I didn't even know where to begin. That's when I discovered Talkspace. They made it effortless for me to connect with a therapist I actually liked. And the best part, I can have my sessions right from my own home or wherever I'm most comfortable. Trust me, Talkspace has been a game changer for my mental well-being. Now, you might be thinking, I don't have the time or money to see a therapist, but here's the beauty of Talkspace. They make it accessible and affordable. You can sign up online and typically get matched with a licensed therapist in just 48 hours. No commuting, no missing work, no babysitter fees, no worrying about anything else, just you and your therapist virtually. So why wait for a crisis? Your mental well-being is crucial. Therapy can be an invaluable resource. It's been that way for me. It's a space where you can shift your perspective. You can gain some coping tools. You can find some guidance. Talkspace is the number one online therapy platform with therapists specializing in over 40 areas like anxiety, depression, and even relationship issues. Plus, it's secure. It's private and in-network with most insurers. So, as a dedicated listener of the Not Old Better show, you can get $80 off your first month with Talkspace. Just go to Talkspace.com slash NOB. All of this will be in our show notes, but go to Talkspace.com slash NOB to match with a licensed therapist today. Take the first step in prioritizing your mental health and also show your support for the show. Again, that's Talkspace.com slash NOB for $80 off your first month. Get $80 off your first month at Talkspace.com slash NOB. Make your mental health a priority. It's time to take action. Talkspace makes it both possible and convenient. So what are you waiting for? I want to talk for a second about um, part three of your book, which I, I thought was just so, so interesting. It, that That's titled Caught Between the Tao and the Dao. And I wonder if you'd describe <laughs> that. That's a, such, such a great title. Maybe tell us about the dichotomy that kind of exists there and um, how, you know, it's kind of influenced you and your perspective on, on aging. Well, I initially went to school to be a physicist. And then I became captivated through a college course with the whole idea of the human potential, the idea that all of us had extraordinary potentialities, most of which were going ignored. So that became my my focus. Um, 
And then I, as I mentioned, I got involved in this project with older adults focused on holistic health and human potential. But then, curiously, in 1982, the U.S. Congress used to have a think tank called the Office of Technology Assessment. And they put together a study group for two years with kind of luminaries in the field. And somehow I managed to sneak in with that group. And what we studied was how demography was going to transform our world in the 21st century, where we are now, as a result of growing longevity, massive aging of the baby boom and declining fertility, the center of gravity of our world in America was going to shift towards middle age and older people. Um, I decided that I was going to try to create a business focused around helping companies and leaders around the world understand this, that I felt the not-for-profit sector, while well-intentioned, was not very innovative. So I tried to learn business. My wife and I started AgeWave 37 years ago. I, I must admit, we've largely been successful. Um, we've worked with about half the Fortune 500. We've had some failures along the way. That was rough. Um, but there was always this kind of tension because a part of me was captivated by the Tao, the you know, presence, mindfulness, consciousness, quality of life. But another part of me was captivated by the Tao, you know, the stock market, <laughs> yeah. money, the business. <laughs> um, so there's money and success on the one hand, and then there's presence and happiness on the other. And what I tried to share in that piece of the book was that I, maybe like a lot of people, trying to find my way in all that. Well, it's uh, it's a brilliant book, and I just want to encourage our audience to go out and pick up Radical Curiosity by Dr. Ken Dykewald. So, Dr. Dykewald, you're you're so busy. We show we so appreciate your time. I just have one final question for you. Sure. I, I I brought up Hillary Clinton's name at the kind of the the start of our our interview, and I want to. I want to get back to her for a second and and reference her her famous saying it it takes a village. So many of us in this generation are acting as our villages with our children, with our parents and and in many cases we're we're doing some teaching, you know, we're we're helping in ways that we can. I I wonder if you take us out with your sentiment, your 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 guidance, perhaps your your years of experience and expertise on what what should we tell our younger uh, our younger generation, our younger people that are, you know, that they're, they're preparing now for a long life. They're preparing for longevity. How should we give them some instruction? Well, I'd say a couple of three things. One of them is uh, one of my another one of my mentors who I mentioned earlier was Maggie Kuhn. She was the founder of the Gray Panthers. Maggie said. We put too much emphasis on independence, you know, doing your own thing, your own way, having your own life. And she felt that we all ought to appreciate the importance of interdependence. Mm. You know, that she lived in a commune in her 80s with multiple generations. And yeah. so that's point one, that, you know, the, having age apartheid where different groups have different identities and they don't relate with other groups. I don't think that's good for anyone. Um, 
Second, you got to take really good care of your body. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you're 20 or 30, you know, you can get away with all sorts of things, but you start to hit 60 or 70 or 80 and you know that you need to take better care of your body. And for example, my wife and I, we haven't eaten red meat for 40 years. We eat a non-inflammatory diet. Mm-hmm. We work out every day, meditate every day. Um that's advice I think we can all take. You know, we two-thirds of the American population is overweight, a third is obese. You know, we're driven to eat a lot of junk. Um, take good care of your body. Another thing is, you know, in the book I talked about interviewing Houston Smith, his last interview in his 90s. He had been the head of religious studies at MIT, and for many people, was considered the world's greatest religious expert and scholar. He was raised a Christian, but became also a Hindu and a Buddhist. Um, And I asked him, what kind of advice would you give those of us who are younger? You've lived such a long life, you know, thinking so deeply. And he said, we could all be a little kinder. You know, we're living in an era right now where vitriol seems to be the way people do their thing. You know, you're a jerk. No, you're a jerk. You're a fat jerk. You're a short jerk. You're a, it's terrible. And I think we'd all be better off if we were a little kinder. And the last thing I'll say is be willing to course correct. I was captivated by the Apollo missions, which were the most planned expeditions in history. Yet 97% of the time, those rockets were off course. And so the Apollo missions were continual exercises in course correcting. And so whatever path we're on, you might get hit by a curveball or a cannonball or a windfall and the ability to make a change or to find new purpose or if you're on a path or in a relationship or in a career that's not nourishing or it doesn't feel like it's using your best potential consider making a change um you know if you're going to live a short life it's less important but if you're going to live a long life as you've done in your second act, and as I've done a few times, course corrections, finding new purpose, important. Nothing wrong with you. If you think it's time for a change, it's it, it's going to be the way of things as we live longer and longer lives. Great advice. Dr. Ken Dykewald has been our guest today. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Dykewald, for your time. Again, congrats on the the wonderful book. We will put links so their audience can find it. All the proceeds go to really great causes. Congrats to you and your wife on on your good health and and congrats to your brother for pursuing that music (laughs) career again. And I guess for me, thank you so much for being so kind to me and our audience and sharing and reading. Just such great work. We we all value what you do. So please keep doing it and uh, please come back too when you get a chance. We'd love to hear more from you. I'd welcome that. Good luck to you and your family. Be well. Thank you, Dr. Neckwell. My thanks to Goldco and Talkspace for sponsoring today's show. Please check out our show notes for more information about our sponsors. Please support Goldco and Talkspace as they in turn support the show. My thanks to Dr. Ken Dykewald, author of the new book, Radical Curiosity, One Man's Search for Cosmic Magic and a Purposeful Life. Thanks for the reading today, too, Ken. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience here on radio and podcast. Please be well and be safe. 
And let's talk about better, the not old better show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the Not Old Better Show. To find out more about all of today's stories or to view our extensive back catalog of previous shows, simply visit notoldbetter.com. Join us again next time as we deep dive into some of the most fascinating real-life stories from across the world, all focused on this wonderful experience of getting better, not older. Let's talk better. The Not Old Better Show.